things my family did I am not the voices in my head I am not the pieces of the brokenness inside I am light I am light Hello everyone and welcome back to the Being Inspired Radio Show. I'm your host Amanda Johnson and today I have another inspiring guest with us today who is joining me and she is someone who I have not had the pleasure of meeting in person yet. This is new for me in this space and it is exciting to me because it is opening a whole new portal, a whole new door to more ideas, to more people and inviting her into this space is an honor for me. And I look forward to introducing you to her, to her wisdom, to her gifts, to her inspiration, trusting that what she has to offer, like every guest before and every guest after, is exactly what you are meant to hear today. Jamie Lerner is with me today, and she is the co-author of the book, The Ever-Loving Essence of You. She puts a fresh spin on just about anything that anyone throws her way. Her unique and masterful ability to reframe even the most difficult situations is astounding. All of a sudden, your biggest nightmare becomes your greatest pleasure as she lovingly helps you sift through the contrast and find that small opening of light that quickly becomes your greatest jumping off point for clarity. Unassuming, reassuring, and seemingly without any sense of ego, Jamie is able to put everyone and everything at ease. She is an asset to any corporate setting. She is easily able to untangle the issues at hand and move right along into helping facilitate a solution-based platform for creative, productive, good-feeling collaboration and change. Jamie can most often be seen working with individuals, children's, children, adults, and couples, as well as with small groups. She never positions herself as the expert of anything and is always reminding you that it is you who knows best for yourself always. Jamie, I'm really honored to have you sharing this space with me today. Thank you so much for inviting me. As I said earlier, this is, um, I can feel the, the newness, the energy of this. In the past, I have shared this space with uh, women up till now who I have had a connection with. And what's really cool about this, and I can already feel what it's leading to, is that while Jamie and I have not had uh, shared experiences together, we have not connected yet in time and space, there is a connection. We are connected. Uh, I picked up a copy of her book, The Ever-Loving Essence of You, and I highly encourage each of you listening to do the same if you haven't heard of it or haven't heard of Jamie. Um, there's so much truth and so much wisdom in that book, and I trust that more of that is going to come through our conversation today. And it's another sign for me of how all things are connected. If you've listened to this show before, you're familiar that I 
like to take a theme or a topic to explore with each of our guests. And it's something that is alive in them or present um, for them or for me. And Jamie loves to talk about the art of allowing. And when I when I saw that, I immediately zoned, honed in and said, yes, that's what I want to talk about today, this art of allowing. It's very present for me. Um, and I want to explore what does it mean to allow and to be in a place of allowing. So that's what we're going to talk about today. That's what we're going to explore and see where spirit guides us in this conversation. And as always, I like to select a quote or a passage from a text that I have read or that I'm reading to offer another perspective or alternate words around the theme or topic. And so today I want to share, I want to share a quote that I found in A Course in Miracles. It's a book I'm currently reading um, and it's actually a go-to reference of mine currently, mainly because I do believe there is so much truth in that book and it's it's a, a source of truth for me and so jamie i invite you and all of our listeners as i read this quote to feel in listen in tune in to what truth is being spoken to you what truth is being sparked or inspired in you as i read it and we'll go from there we'll see where this leads us and where this takes us so if you're allowed if you can close your eyes close your eyes and just feel into what A Course in Miracles says. In quietness, see in the miracle a lesson in allowing cause to have its own effects and doing nothing that would interfere. So when I read that quote, something spoke to me about allowing. Jamie, I'm curious what might speak to you. Well, it's a lovely quote, and it's a lovely resource. Um, and I think that when we are indeed connected to ourselves, our ego stands down. There's no room for the ego. And at that time of a true connection with ourselves, we are in the most allowing space that we can be in. It's an unconditionally loving space for ourselves, and that naturally flows into the unconditional presence of another. So allowing really is the extension of our own connection with ourselves first and foremost, and then flowing that unconditionally to another or others. Mm. And I love how it starts with us. It starts with ourselves before we can allow anything or anyone else to be. And there was something that you had um, that you had written that really stood out to me about allowing and the idea that everyone, we're all allowed to choose what is best for ourselves. And when we tend to that, when we, when we tend to what is best for ourselves and we have clarity, then we, we don't care what others have chosen for themselves, for them. And I just love that. Can you talk more about that? Well, I think it's very true because when we tend to the relationship with ourselves, and I do believe that the relationship that we are creating with ourselves moment by moment is the very foundation of every other relationship that we go on to have with others or another. So 
at the point that we are connected to ourselves, clear about what we're wanting for ourselves, trusting that we do know best for ourselves, then we tend to extend that same thought to others. And it's a very unconditional and lovely way to interact with ourselves and with people. So it really becomes a, a way of living and loving and um, flowing, I think. What comes up for me as you talk about that is just how often I know I have done this and how often I witness this in others going about their lives where I know best, but I know best for you. <laughs> I know best for her. I know best for him. And a lot of us have either lived or still live from that place of knowing best for others. And I love how it's, this is our invitation. This is our opportunity to turn that towards our, to ourselves and say, what is best for me? Because here's my, here's why this stood out to me so powerfully. I've gone through most of my life fearing that I don't know what's best for me. And when I started to get a glimpse of that, to stand in that knowing, to stand in that clarity felt super scary. And to say, oh, wait, I do know best. And I, I've just started to get a glimpse of as I stand in that place of, okay, this is what's best for me. I'm clear on that. I am less triggered. I am less bothered by. I am less worried about what someone else is choosing for themselves. So it rang so true, but it's like, I've, I'm just starting to experience this. So I wonder how many yeah. out there are thinking, what? <laughs> and that I mean, must feel so good to you. Yeah. That must be such a good feeling place to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For me, this comes from a place of having lived, and I'm curious if this is true for you, having lived and, and at times still living from this place of when somebody I love Typically, it's somebody I love. I mean, sometimes it's the stranger who's, you know, doing something at the store. But more often than not, it's those in my life who I, I care about and that are close to me. And I find I just want to put my nose in their business all the time. I want to, you know, I've been using this metaphor of like um, getting off my own yoga mat, you know, getting off my mat and going over to theirs and trying to fix them and change their positioning. And I'm seeing that. I have that desire. I, mean, I want to go over there and tell them how to do it or tell them what to do. And for me, that's not trusting that they know what's best for themselves, right? That's how I see that. Well, I think that we do people a real disservice. We take their power away when we assume that we know better for someone else. That's number one. And I actually have had the opposite experience my whole life because I was born like everybody is born with a knowing. I believe we are all born with our own knowing of exactly what is right for each and every one of us. And just the contrast of life, I think that we, um, we disconnect from, you know, our ability to really trust that we do know best for ourselves. However, I never disconnected from that. And I always followed my sense of knowing to the extent that, you know, I alienated myself from a lot of people in my life because I was so clear for myself and so in many ways disinterested in what others were choosing for themselves. Mm -hmm. So it was um, a connection that I really 
have been always so true to. And um, and then also allowing others to know for themselves. It, it does. It feels so good when you get to that place where you're clear for yourself and then you allow others. Mm. What is, that's beautiful. And I'm sitting here thinking, wow, <laughs> I, I, I'm getting a taste of it now, you know, 30 plus some years into my life. And I can imagine others, perhaps like you, who, who just, they know what that's like. They get it. They, they can taste it. They can feel it. And, and equally those who may have no clue. What does that connection feel like for you when you're clear or, or, or how do you help others find it, access it, reveal it to themselves? What is it that, that we're looking for or, or feeling for? Well, I've never heard anybody say to themselves or another, I shouldn't have listened to myself. (laughs) People refer often to, I should have listened to myself. So I think that that knowing is always tapping us on the shoulder in a very loving way, trying to get our attention. And we ignore it. We brush it off. We say, not now, I'm busy. I you know, and it doesn't matter how long it takes us because our inner knowing, our inner being is this unconditional 24-7 reminder to us. It's so patient and it will forever tap us on the shoulder until it gets our attention. And that is the connection to ourselves. And oftentimes we do know for ourselves and we don't know how or why, but we know. And we don't trust it. So to ask people, you know, were there times in your life where you just knew but you didn't know why or how? And people all the time will say, absolutely, but I just didn't trust it. And I should have listened to myself. So once you have those examples to refer back to, then you can begin to say, okay, maybe I can begin to trust this inner knowing, this inner sense of very clear direction. And people start to do that, they're so surprised so quickly that yes, in fact, intuitively we do. We are the best knowers for ourselves. And you really, for me, hit upon the, the, the critical part of that being that we don't trust it. That was my, that's certainly been my experience. I remember a part in your book that I, I highlighted the whole page. It all stood out to me. You offered a couple of examples one being, you know, walking down the aisle or you're about to get married and you just have this knowing, you know, this isn't the right person or um, you shouldn't go through with it. And, and ultimately it results in divorce. Or another time, maybe there's a knowing that you are with the person and, and to stay with it, to kind of, you know, stick it out um, and to see that blossom and flourish into something. And I feel personally that I, I have each of those examples. They stand out very prominently in my life as key moments. And I actually point to when I had gotten married and then very shortly thereafter divorced as a, a moment of getting a glimpse of what it's like to listen to myself. I was at the time, I didn't, I didn't trust it. I heard it. It was very clear. I even expressed it to my you know family. And then I doubted it and I got scared. And it was really the fear for me in that moment. It was the fear of following through and listening to that voice. 
It was the fear of what would people think? It was the fear of who am I going to disappoint? Yeah. So if those are wonderful moments to celebrate because I think even if in a moment we do know what is best for us and we choose to not listen to it, to acknowledge the choice, to mm-hmm. say to ourselves, I know this is best for me. I can feel it in my gut. I know it's in my knowing, but I just, I cannot disappoint all these people. I cannot listen to my inner knowing. I think even that is a really good way to deal with acknowledging that you do know. You're just choosing to make a different choice. Mm. And that's okay too, you know. That's part of, I think, the whole journey is the choosing. But to be a victim to any situation, I think that's where we really step out of our power. Mm. To feel that someone else would know better for us. We really give our power away. Mm. So, you know, the the other really interesting thing about allowing others to do whatever is best for them as we choose to do what's best for us is once we're really clear, we don't ask people their opinions. Mm. And when someone goes to offer an opinion, we can, in a very loving way, let them know that we're just sharing information with them and we're not really asking for a response. And that's a really nice way of sharing with somebody. It's a sharing. It's not a question. It's not an invitation for a point of view. I I really appreciate that based on my limited understanding in this moment of your history, your journey, um, that we, but, and based on what you said in terms of, you've always had this connection and this knowing, and you really, we, I mean, we all, we all have it. I do believe some of us have chosen to let, let it go or lose touch with it or cover it up or whatever we want to call it. And I definitely find that I fall into that category. This, this idea of, the idea of, you know, asking other people's opinion. And I think about my life and go, wow, how often have I done that? And equally, I celebrate how now in the last maybe couple years, few years of this journey, how I do it less and less, even to the point now where um, somewhat it's out of habit. So sometimes I still ask out of habit, out of default. I, I, I'm not fully conscious and fully awake in that moment to say, oh, I don't need to do this. And then there are moments that I am. There are moments where in that moment I say, okay, wow. And sometimes I have the desire to ask for someone's opinion and I stop myself. So I really love that well, we, yeah, you're, you're bringing this up. Well, it's interesting because how do most people engage one another? It becomes a vehicle to really invite somebody in. And so how can we um, kind of reframe that opportunity in such a way that we can share with another without inviting them in to give their point of view or their opinion. But it gets a little tricky because that's how people are really um, are trained through society to engage with one another. We're constantly telling other people what we think about their situation. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it does, it gets a little, a little tricky sometimes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
How do you find, and that of course goes both ways, right? So we, I imagine it's both us learning that we don't need to invite that in. We don't need to ask for it and that we don't need to offer it. Right. They go hand Absolutely. in hand. Absolutely. I never offer my point of view in, in such a way where I actually put out a Facebook message every day, inspirational message, and it's always personally and professionally speaking for your ongoing consideration. So mm-hmm. it's always this open-ended, like, I'm just throwing this out there as a sharing and feel free to do whatever that you're wanting to do with it, you know, with really no sense that anyone should do anything with it. Really, it is simply a sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, although I tend to spend a lot of time with people asking them questions because I'm so curious about people. I love people. I think people are amazing. And with their answers, I have no judgment. You know, I have no agenda. So it's just this really wonderful opportunity to just exchange ideas with people without really having any point of view. And it's also a really nice way to connect with people. There's nothing to be defensive about. People don't need to feel defensive. It's, it's a very disarming and just a lovely way to get to know somebody. And you're right that my, my sense of that is you're, you're absolutely right that we've been trained wildly differently. I think of as you're sharing that, I think of the culture we live in where, you know, it, we, we offer the how-tos, um, the, the three steps to the, you know, endless blogs and articles and content. And I personally did that very, um, for a very long time and even sometimes still fall into that. But I, I notice more choicefully now, but I look at how I used to show up in the space, um, and I was very much, let me tell you how to do something. Let me, let me, let me give you the advice or let me, um, and of course I was doing it from what I thought was from this, of course, very loving space. And I noticed it shift as I got, again, as I got clearer on things for myself as things became more integrated, as these ideas and these concepts became more of who I, like, they were in my being. They've always been there, but I, I, I rediscovered them. I tapped back into them. I could truly f- feel them. My, my writing, my sharing shifted to just that, like you said, to sharing. And I think that's really um, more, more than it used to be. I, I still have a tendency, though, to want to teach how so it's it's for me an ongoing process and you know that's it's really nice that you're so in touch with that and so conscious of that because in those moments then you can you know um, you can ask yourself like in this moment what am I not addressing within myself because usually when we're wanting to tell someone else how to do it we're not addressing something within ourselves and And that's so nice that we have that opportunity to have then this conversation with ourselves about what's going on, which is probably one of the beauties of consciousness (laughs) and consciously creating anything. So, I mean, that's fantastic. Mm. And how do you now, based on what I know of what you do, you work with with others, you um, integrative coaching, I believe. What does that look like? What, how does this all come together for you when you're holding space for others and allowing them 
to have their experience while you have yours? Well, it's interesting because I am very detached in a very attached kind of way. So I'm very connected to myself. And as I'm connected to myself, I'm really able to hear what the other is presenting. And because I have no point of view about it and no judgment about it, I'm pretty quickly able to help somebody reconnect with themselves. Usually the shift is going from disconnection to connection. In a moment that somebody is having a moment, and I think it's only a moment, Mm -hmm. um, it's easy to help someone kind of tap back into themselves, redirect themselves back to themselves, Mm -hmm. because that's really where it all happens. You know, when I even structure my session time, I ask people, they need to choose how much time that they'd like per session. They need to take personal responsibility for that, and they need to decide because how would I know what another needs? So that's very empowering just right off the bat. Um, And it also sends the message to them that, yes, they do know what's best for them. Mm. So um, the other thing is to give people permission to feel good. People don't know that it's okay to feel good. And it really is what we're here to do. We're here to be enjoying and to feel good and to connect with ourselves and with others. And, um, and I think people need permission mm. to not struggle and to not have to look back in order to move forward. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is to ask people what they want. And most people will tell you what they don't want. But to tell you what they want is very difficult. So to ask people to start thinking about what do you want, what do you desire, you know, I think those are very nice ways to get people to open up conversations with themselves. Mm-hmm. Those are all really, really beautiful questions and, and certainly ones that I've um, grappled with, played with uh, time and time again. I'm really, I find myself really curious around your journey and you, you gave us a little taste and I'm curious if there's more in terms of you've always had this connection. Um, can you share more around what that, what that was like? I mean, were you, what, how did that play out then or unfold for you? And were you guided certain airway places and how did you arrive where you are now? Well, once again, I think I was born with this knowing that everyone has, and I just stayed really true to that connection. And I was born into an amazing family where we were really allowed to know ourselves and be ourselves and um, just really kind of create for ourselves. Um, Although I always had a question of how I could be so connected to myself and not have this connection with my mother. And it took me really half my life to figure that out. And um, because I know she loved me and I loved her, but I never felt the connection with her that I felt with myself. And um, so when she was, oh, this is like seven years ago, she was in ICU and um, she was intubated and I sat with her for days. And during that period of time, I felt all the love of her 
flow to me. And I really believe that this was just the beginning of our mother and daughter relationship that we really never had. And I realized that the reason we never had it was because she never had the connection with herself. So, you know, it was interesting because she was such a force of nature and did so much. And But in all of that, all of my years of knowing her, it was really about her avoiding her own relationship with herself. And that's why I could never access the connection with her. Mm. So when she transitioned, I wrote this book with my son, Lauren, who actually knew my mother very well. And this book just flowed through me. So it really was in dedication to my mother. Um, so uh-huh. yes, I believe that anyone that we cannot connect with, it's because they're not connected with themselves in, in that moment. And I think it is a, a moment-to-moment thing for us. You know, connection, disconnection, connection, disconnection. The more we remain connected to ourselves, um, the, the more we get hooked because it feels so good. It's like, you know, being... In this warm blanket, it's like being home. It's it's just it's our actual natural state of being, mm-hmm. well being. So, mm. and that's a beautiful story. And I, I I felt chills all over my body as you shared that story of your mother. And for me, that signifies I I received your truth. Uh, that that's how I um, interpret chills when I hear them or when I feel them, when people speak. And that, that truth was very potent. And it, it, it's not surprising then for me to um, witness the importance of the connection with self. And what a gift that you have experienced that your whole life, and even had the experience then of perhaps witnessing what it's like not to ha- be connected, and, and the, the impact it has. Um, and so I, I'm thinking for myself as well, just the, the way the connection has shown up in my life. And whenever I'm not feeling connected or I'm feeling disconnected with others, of course, you know, there's, like you even said before, it's pointing us back to ourselves. What am I, what am I needing to connect with or, or heal or, or examine? And I know you go through this in your book in terms of, you know, what are some ways to rebuild this connection with ourselves? I'm curious if you could share what's coming through you right now or coming up for you right now. How can we do well, I think quieting the, the mind, I think, is really helpful because I think that we're very busy in our minds and we're not even really clear about what that conversation is that's going on because it is a constant chatter. And if we could isolate whatever that conversation is, and slow it down, I think that would be really helpful. And the way that I do that is first thing in the morning. I, you know, I take the first two minutes in the morning and I just sit quietly. And, you know, that's a way to connect with yourself, to allow yourself, to receive yourself, to honor yourself, and to really remind yourself that, you know, you are so important and so worthy of that self-love. So just simple things, you know, none of these things are big, you know, they're just little moments throughout the day that you would acknowledge yourself in such a way that you would um, remind yourself how valuable you are, you know, it might be just sitting with a cup of coffee and feeling the warmth from the cup and breathing in the aroma, 
and just having a sense of appreciation for just little moments. These little things really connect us to ourselves. And they're simple. And we choose often to not do these things because we think we're so busy and everyone else in our life is so important and how can we take this time? And yet, you know, if we can't do this with and for ourselves, we really can't do it with and for another or others. So we need to tend to ourselves first and foremost and then flow into and extend that to others. Right. And again, I think for so many of us, uh, and the, well, I, I say this because this is definitely my my story, my experience, and um, perhaps others can relate that we're so busy. <laughs> we're so busy with other people's business and what's best for them that we, to your point, we don't take that time for ourselves first. And there is something so powerful in that. And again, I don't know if it's out of fear, maybe for some of us, why we don't, um, again, out of pure denial, I don't have time, um, maybe just pure victimhood. Um, but I do, I can see and appreciate the importance of doing it in all the small ways. Yeah, and it feels good. It nourishes us. It you know, nourishes us into connection with ourselves. Mm-hmm. and nurtures us and especially as women you know we spend our whole day nourishing and nurturing you know whether it's our children or our job or our home or you know we're just constantly giving and if we cannot give to ourselves first we really don't have anything to give to others mm-hmm. and then we get resentful and you know none of that feels good and it's none of it's necessary so <laughs> right <laughs> As soon as we can release our attachment to our suffering, we are so much better off. <laughs> yes, I think so. I think so. I think suffering is definitely an option. And so is drama, you know. That's the permission that you've that you've given us, the permission to feel good and the permission yeah. not to stay stuck in any sense of, you know, struggle or drama. And um and again, I think that you're absolutely uh, right on that that comes back to connecting with our, our inner knowing. Being courageous to listen to it. I think that's the invitation that I at least that I offer the um, the permission that I I know I've needed in my life is to then heed that knowing or, as you said earlier, consciously uh, choose not to and, and know that that's what we're doing in the moment. That's very powerful. Hmm. Is there anything else that's coming through you, coming up for you that you want to address about allowing before we, I ask a few questions and get to know you a little better? I I just like to remind people to be very gentle with themselves because when we're gentle with ourselves, we're gentle with others. When we're not judgmental of ourselves, we tend not to be judgmental of others. And I think the key to allowing is no judgment. So, you know, when we're compassionate with ourselves, we tend to be very compassionate with others. And that's another way to get to that place of allowing, which really does feel so good. Mm. So that's all. It's, you know, 
It takes 30 days to change a habit, but once you get there, it really is just a wonderful lifestyle mm-hmm. to um, unconditionally love and accept yourself and just flow that to everyone around you. Mm. Beautiful. And that seems very, um, very real for me that it's nearly impossible to allow anything if we're in judgment. So that really stood out to me. Um, really strongly. So thank you for that reminder and that permission and invitation again. So I love, I love where these conversations go. I love what comes up in them. And again, trusting that whatever you needed to hear, you heard and you received and trust that, trust your knowing. And if there was something that didn't land or didn't resonate, trust that too. Uh, that's part of this whole um, relearning, I believe. And so I'd like to shift uh, and ask my favorite questions to each of my guests at the end of the show. And Jamie, these are five questions that I ask and just to get to know who you a little bit better and, and deepen into how we can connect and learn from you. So the first question is, who is a source of inspiration for you and why? It's Abraham Hicks, and I don't know if you're familiar with the, uh, that work, but um, really um, she speaks to the basis of our life is joy, and um, I that really resonates with me. And um, when I start with, uh, first exposed to the teachings of Abraham, I really felt like she was speaking a language that was so familiar to me. So that is my mentor, my teacher, um, and yes, it's the work of Abraham Hicks. Awesome. Interestingly, I, I know of the work, and um, but don't know much about the work. I, I haven't actually sunk my teeth into it, uh, and so I'm. I love. That's what I love about these conversations as well is being guided and pointed to so many other mentors and teachers out there. And so that's such a gift. What place or activity most inspires you right now? Uh, I personally, professionally, what what are you asking about? Yeah, what I mean when you think um um if it's if it's personally what you what you do or where you go or or professionally. Well, personally, I have three beautiful three grandchildren, grandchildren. Mm. so, so that, is that is a wonderful, wonderful part of my life, of my life. life. Right and, um, and um, per- per- professionally, professionally, I, I started a new started service, which is the Quickie, Quickie. Uh, uh, a lovely texting uh, option, texting option with people, with people, which mm-hmm. I really like. I really like that. Mm-hmm. I saw that on your website. I'm going to ask that those who are listening. If that, if their interest is peaked, to definitely go check that out. I think that's a wonderful offering that you have. Um, and yeah, I can see it offering um, a lot of gifts, a gift to many people and, and being in service. So that actually answered another one of my questions, which is what you're working on right now that is inspiring to you or lighting you up. Is there anything else that you're working on that is doing just that? Well, well, I've been, I've been working on a working second on book a second for, a long long time. for a long time. I'm not exactly, I'm not exactly sure, sure when I'm going to be finished with that. But there is a second is book. A second. <laughs> awesome. That's very exciting. Mm-hmm. 
being in that creative space, um, I can now attest to it is it is something that is very palpable. Um, so that's exciting. Well, I'll be on the lookout for it. Like I said, the first one is definitely um, worth the read. So I, I look forward to the second. Thank you. Can you point us? You're welcome. Um, but as a maybe as a reader, can you point us to a favorite book? Um, probably one of many that has you know guided you personally, spiritually. You know, it's interesting. You know, it's interesting. I think I that think in the that process of trusting yourself, yourself, that whatever that resonates, whatever resonates with, with each individual, individual person, person, they should trust they should that, that, and that out, pick that out. Because for everyone, well, for it's going to be different. Be different. Mm. But we are naturally, we are drawn, naturally drawn to different, to different authors, authors, and, and um, we should we just should really just trust really whatever trust that is in the moment. In the moment. Mm. That we're being guided mm-hmm. to what we're what needing. needing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Now, for those who want to reach out to you, maybe they want to learn more about your offering of the quickie. They want to know more about your books. Where do they find you? Um, my website is www.jamie-lernier.com. And I have tons of free stuff on my web on my website. So if you feel inspired, check it out. Check it out. Absolutely. If you're getting this episode through uh, the platform or online anywhere, I'll be linking to your website so they can click on that. Uh, Otherwise, of course, if you're listening, then she spelled it out for you. So that's perfect. Go find her. Um, Really, yeah, offer. You have so much to offer as I perused around there myself. It was really beautiful. Um, Jamie, this has been such an honor. And again, as I said, I believe this really opened um, opened a whole nother, you know, path, another portal. So I believe, you know, we do each have our own circles and our own spaces that we play and we explore and, and we live. And then it's fun to step out of that or, or go and grab someone else's hand for a minute and say, hey, what are you doing over there? To remind us of our connection with each other. And I think it's really powerful that I think there's a reason we found each other in this in this way, because you are so connected with yourself. Um, and then again, we've, we've, you've shown us that that is how we then connect with others. And I'd like to think that there's a somewhat of a, a knowing that I'm also tr- connected with myself more than I used to be so that that's how you found me. We found each other through that. And I think that's really beautiful. So thank you for your, your inspiring words and, and all of your wisdom today. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. And for those listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I have more inspiring guests on the way. And like I said, go grab yourself a copy of The Ever-Loving Essence of You by Jamie Lerner, co-author. And be on the lookout also for my upcoming book, Becoming Enough. I think they're very complimentary, actually. I think you'd get a lot out of both of them. If you're drawn to one, you'll be drawn to the other more than likely. And uh, if you haven't already, check out my website, amandajohnson.tv. And there you can learn more about the book as well as sign up to receive updates and some of the early bird opportunities to get your your, um, copy when it was released this spring. So lots going on. Thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, many blessings. 
the things my family did I am not the voices in my head I am not the pieces of the brokenness inside